the story of God's redemption plan. How Jesus died to take our sin away. But my finest words cannot express what one old rugged tree said
Wow, that is a hard act to follow. Isn't she wonderful? You know, one day a few, well, it's been maybe a year ago or more than a year ago, maybe two years ago, I was sitting in that seat listening to, to Taylor sing, and I thought, you know, it would be wonderful if she and Jeff would get together. And I really, seriously, and I thought about it, and it took time, but I, I continued to pray. And then one day I got a call from Adel at work, and he says, we're going out tonight to celebrate Jeff and Taylor getting together. And I go, I've been praying about that. I started to cry. I really did. I started to cry because I said, Lord, you brought them together with no earthly help whatsoever. We just prayed, and the Lord brought them together, and they're a wonderful couple. They use their home for the Lord. They open their heart, and she has the most beautiful angelic voice. And they combine their talents together, and I rejoice in how good the Lord is, and he is able to use us as his vessel. It's amazing. So we just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, today we're so thankful for the gift of music because the gift of language combined with the gift of song, as Martin Luther said, was given to man that he should proclaim the word of God through music. And we thank you that music touches the hardest heart and breaks through, Lord. And we pray today that your Holy Spirit will guide every word that is spoken. We pray that they will not be my words, Lord, but your words. And we pray that the Spirit of God will breathe on them and touch lives and touch us down deep in our souls, Lord, to the joints and to the marrow, to the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And we pray, Lord, that we'll leave this place uplifted, convicted, challenged, strengthened, and ready to serve you more. And Lord, we just commit this day to you now and pray that you'll hide me behind the cross and may you be glorified and honored in all that we say and do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's a wonderful thing. I have a certain routine that I do on Sunday mornings and the routine today was no different than I usually do. And I was ready to go. I was reading my Bible and having my breakfast. And so at the time, I got a cell phone call that I normally didn't get. And on the cell phone, it's really nice. You can see who comes through on it, Adel and Sylvia. I said, okay, I wonder why they're calling me at this time of the day. And he told me that Randy White is involved in this big thing. Law enforcement officers from all over are converging on the Bay Area for a special exercise in combating terrorism, preparing for earthquakes and other natural disasters, and just having it all together, a big competition. This lady at work who goes to Bill McDonald's church was telling me to pray for her husband because it's a big thing. And then we got a call from Randy White this morning and said he was detained for that because he was involved in it in supporting it. So the Lord knows. I said, okay, I got a lot of notice this time. It was 7.45 this morning, so thank God for that. I had some time. When Bill McDonald couldn't make it a few years ago, I only had like 20 minutes. So, you know, like I said, I had quite a bit of time. Turn with me in your Bibles today to Colossians, the third chapter. Paul's letter to the Colossians, the third chapter. I've been thinking about this subject. It's such a vital and important subject, and our subject today is the mind. Thinking the thoughts of God. Thinking the right thoughts. Having a good thought life so that we can be effective for the Lord it's so very, very important. We'll read from Colossians chapter 3 at verse 1. Paul writing to the Colossians says, If then you were raised with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. We had a great film series the last two Wednesday nights on psychology versus Christianity. Those two things cannot mix. They do not mix at all. But the pra praise be to God that what we have is greater than anything in the world because we have the mind of Christ. Did you ever think of that? As a lowly Christian, as a new believer, as a newly saved person, you have the mind of Christ? That's amazing to me that he would do that for us. Give us the mind of Christ. It's like if you turn over to Philippians chapter 1, just a few pages back, chapter 2 I should say, and verse 5, Philippians 2, 5, Paul says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. That's the mind of Christ. To have a sacrificial spirit, to pour out yourself for other people, to have the mind of Christ, to think of others, live for others, that is what God has called us to do, to have his mind to have his thoughts. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 8 and 9, God speaking, he says, My ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes you say to a person, share your thoughts with me on this matter. Let me pick your brain a little bit. You want to know what the person is thinking. But you know what? Our minds are racing at a feverish pace every day of our lives. Even while we're sleeping, our minds are working. It's amazing. Our minds are better than any computer. You know, the only thing about a computer is they're only as good as what you input into them. So if you download and input bad and rotten stuff, then that's what's going to be in your computer, bad and rotten stuff. But if you download the good and the profitable, that's what's going to be in that computer. Our minds are even better than that. And it's amazing what you can think and what you can remember and what you can meditate on. And it's our choice that we have every day, what are we going to think on? Are we going to think on God's things and God's truth or are we going to think on the things of this world? He tells us here, if you've been raised with Christ, in other words, if you are saved... Your mind should be not dwelling on the things below this world. We should be dwelling on the things above. That's the privilege that we have as believers. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, he says that we have been made in the heavenlies. We've been brought in the heavenlies. He says that we have all things in Christ, and that's a blessing. All spiritual gifts, all spiritual abilities, everything comes from the Lord. And our minds are so involved in it. And it's our prayer that God would give us clean minds, holy minds, 
pure minds, minds that are ready to serve the Lord, minds girded up for action. That's why our key verse today is in verse 2 of this chapter. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. You know, it's very amazing how the devil tries to get to our minds. He loves to get into our thinking, get into our thoughts, try to take us down for the count. But the Lord says, don't let the devil do that. Because he says, set your mind on the things above, not the things of this world. The devil wants to discourage us. He wants to bring discouraging thoughts into our mind. I like that little song that says, we're, it says, we're Seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the sky is never cloudy all day. You know, that's a beautiful, beautiful song, Home on the Range, right? The devil does not want you to have any peace. So what he does is he brings agitated thoughts into your mind. Oh, what's going to happen to me tomorrow? My boss called me and said he wanted to see me first thing in the morning. What am I going to do? So what do we think? All day we're thinking, what is he going to tell me? Is it going to be bad news? Am I going to lose my job? Am I in trouble? Am I going to be moved to a different city? And what, what's going to happen? And we always think in our minds the worst. So we plan this worst-case scenario of what's going to happen. And sometimes it's a good thing. We recently got a letter from the city of San Ramon telling us that we had too many alarm activations, false alarms on our system, and that if we didn't reduce those numbers, they were going to fine us. Mike knows about this. City, cities do that. They're looking for revenue, too. So they said, you know, if you have these alarms... So I said, Lord, we can't do it. And I told them, if you, if you have a false alarm, please don't call the police. Call me, and then I'll take care of it. We'll go down and check out the church, because usually it's a false alarm. So the other day, I got a letter from the city of San Ramon, and I go, uh-oh, are we in trouble now? Are we going to have to pay money for this? Because they don't usually send us a letter unless it's bad news. So I'm thinking, what's it going to be? I opened it up. They commended us. You have been successful in the last three months of having no uh, false alarm and I'm saying, thank you, Lord, I was worried. But that's the way our minds work. We worry about things. We get agitated. We get anxious. And the Word of God says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, isn't that wonderful when he gives you the spiritual armor in Ephesians chapter 6? One of the things he gives you to put on is the helmet of salvation. You know, when you're a soldier, if you don't have your helmet, you're in trouble. Because there's going to be bullets flying, there's going to be shrapnel, there's going to be all kinds of things. And even in the days when the Roman army fought, they had to have on the helmet. Because if the enemy's arrow came, it could kill them, it could hit their head. And so we're called upon to put on the helmet of salvation. Sometimes you watch these football players, and they take some severe blows. They call them helmet-to-helmet -helmet blows. You get a penalty if you do that, by the way, in the National Football League, because every time you see those two heads hit together, what's going to happen is a concussion. You get too many of those concussions, you start having brain loss, you start have, forgetting things, having all kinds of trouble, some players like Troy Aikman, Steve Young, they had to give up the game because of concussion, blow to blow. Well, we need to have the helmet on. And God gives us a stronger helmet than a football helmet, stronger helmet than an army helmet. He gives us the helmet of salvation. 
to guard our, our minds against the attacks of the evil one. It's so amazing. We can thank God for the armor that we have, the helmet that we have, because the devil wants to get us to think these thoughts. Another thing the devil wants to get us to do is to think about lustful thoughts. Sometimes you can be sitting in church, everything is godly and holy, and you're singing at the breaking of bread, and all of a sudden some terrible thought comes into your mind. Where'd that come from? It didn't come from the Lord. It came from the devil. He tries to upset you, especially on Sunday morning, especially on Wednesday nights or when you're getting ready to come to church. He throws a thought. He says, I'll just throw a thought at, at Sung today and see how that's going to happen to him. I'm going to get Vicky today or I'm going to go after Debbie today. That's what he does. But praise be to God, we're on the victorious side. God has given us the resources. We have the helmet of salvation. And he tells us, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this world. You know, they tell us, people who do these kind of studies, that you can't think about two different things at the same time. Our minds just can't handle that. We have to think about one thing or another. So we have the choice. We can either think about those bad things, those troubling things, those evil things, those lustful things, or we can think about the things of God, the things that are good and righteous and pure. Over in Philippians, if you turn, I should say, to the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians and he's summarizing so much of what he has told them. And of course, this book is about rejoicing and they were to rejoice in the Lord always. He said, and again I say rejoice in verse 4 of chapter 4. And then in verse 8 he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. It's no secret that the way to a victorious life is to have the right thoughts to have a good thought life, to bring it under control of Christ. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians that he says that you bring all things, every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, our minds are so complex, they can be used for great good or great evil. Think about all the prisoners today that are incarcerated in institutions across our country. Every one of those criminals who committed those crimes, it didn't start with the crime itself. It started up here. They thought about it. They planned it. They decided how they were going to do it. And then later on, of course, they say, oh, I never planned it ahead of time. It just, I just did it on the spur of the moment. No. They planned it out. The mind is fascinating. Our minds are so busy with things and they race. And that's why we have to sometimes just shut everything out, just sit down in our room and say, Lord, I want to spend time with you. I want to spend time in your presence. I want to meditate on your word. You know, meditation, using our minds to meditate on the word of God is a lost art today. We're too busy. Like Randy said in his message last week, we want everything fast and, and right away. And it's good. You know, you can go to our website. You can put in a verse. You'll find it right away. In every version... Or we can type in a subject. We can find all the verses that go with it. 
And that's a good thing, but you know what? Nothing takes the place of digging into the word ourselves, looking up those verses, and meditating on them. Meditating on them. Paul told Timothy, his protege in the faith, he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your profiting may appear to all. Meditate on these things. Same thing that, that Joshua did when the Lord spoke to him. He says that you shall meditate on God's word day and night. Do you do that? Do I do that? Do I meditate on God's word? Or when we get busy, we say, Lord, I'm too tired to, to pray tonight. Lord, I'm too tired to, to read this passage. Or we get up in the morning and we're rushing off to work. We need to make time. Make time. People make time for everything today. You make time for your passions in life. If you're a runner, you make time to run. If you're a gardener, you make time to garden. If your hobby is in something like um, tapestries, making tapestries or whatever it is, you make time to do it, right? Because it's your passion. You love it. We should love God's Word. We should be in love with the Lord so much that we meditate upon Him day and night. You know, in this passage I read from Philippians, you can put Jesus in that passage and it would read like this. Finally, brethren, Jesus is true. Whatever thing, he says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Jesus is noble. Jesus is just. Jesus is pure. Jesus is lovely. Jesus is of good report. Yes, he is of virtue and he is praiseworthy and we should meditate on him. So many times, though, as soon as we sit down to meditate on the Word, that's when the phone calls come. That's when it rings. And that's when the kids get into trouble. And that's when this happens. The devil does not want to give us that time to meditate on Christ. But that is so needed in our lives today because if we're going to be bombarded every day by bad thoughts, we need to be in His Word, filling our minds with Him and with His Word. That's how we're going to have the victory. That's how we're going to be blessed. That's how we're going to be in our right mind. Remember that man that Jesus healed? He was the demoniac. And he was there in the tombs, cutting himself and living a horrible life and just completely out of it. And Jesus came by and Jesus saved him. He delivered that man and took all the demons out of his life, every one of them. And then it says at the end of the passage, he was clothed and in his right mind. Only true believers in Christ can be in their right mind. Only them. You look today and you see people in institutions like uh, mental hospitals and so forth like that. And you say, why? Why are they there? Well, they, they didn't listen to God. That's why they're there. If people would listen to God and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they would not end up there. Because what happens is the guilt in the mind is so heavy. It weighs on people. It weighs on you. And you can know before you came to Christ, you had the guilt. It was in your mind, it was in your heart. And only Christ can heal you of that guilt. And the amazing thing about our thoughts, as amazing as they are, only you and God know them. Isn't that amazing? Only two people know your thoughts. Of course, that's maybe a good thing. Because how many of us would like to have a big board up here and we start writing? Okay, Ed, here's your thoughts for today. Uh, let's see, Mike, there you go, we'll write your thoughts down. How about uh, Jenny, we'll put her thoughts. No, that'd be scary for us, right? Because our mind, but praise be to God. Only God knows your thoughts, only God knows my thoughts. 
But he wants us to have pure thoughts, holy thoughts, good thoughts. And only you and I know if we do or not. And there are times when we, flip, when we mess up and we, we allow those bad thoughts to come in. We have to immediately confess it and say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse my mind. And, of course, the world makes it very difficult because you cannot put on the television, put it, sign on to the Internet, or listen to the radio without being defiled. So I think in the morning, you know, the best thing to, to watch while I'm doing my exercise is ESPN. I, you know, that's a, a benign thing. You're not going to find any bad stuff on ESPN. And it's true, it's not on ESPN. But it's the commercials. The commercials are so defiling. There have been times I said, I want to just turn this off because it is so bad. May the Lord help us to put on that helmet of salvation, to prepare our minds with his truth, to meditate on his word day and night so that we can be victorious. Because like we said, God knows our thoughts. And he wants his thoughts to be our thoughts. So that we think the way he thinks. And that's, what, that's how Christian growth comes about. That's how we grow in our lives, is getting rid of our thoughts, our ways of doing things, and our plans, and, and taking God's ways instead, and God's thoughts instead. And that could be a great prayer for us tomorrow morning or a great prayer for us tonight or, or any time during the day. Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Help me to think your thoughts, right thoughts, good thoughts, humble thoughts. You know, there's a verse of Scripture that says that we should th not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Sometimes we do think of ourselves pretty highly, don't we? And we get all proud and everything and we said we did it. I did this and I did that. And the next thing you know, the Lord says, time to fall a little bit because pride goes before a fall. And if you start having proud thoughts, what's going to happen is you're going to have proud actions to follow. The thought always precedes the action in a good way or in a bad way. So conversely, instead of having those kind of thoughts, if we have humble thoughts and we think of the Lord as so great and us being nothing and so little, we're so much better off. Years ago, Bill came up with a very good uh, thing. I don't remember, know if he'll remember it, but I'm sure he will. We are like dirt. We're dirt. We're nothing. He even mentioned nothing today. We're nothing. Without Christ, we are nothing. We can do nothing. We can have nothing. We can be nothing apart from Christ. As soon as we start thinking in our mind, that's what gets us into trouble, that we know it all or we, we know pretty good. The Lord always tests us and brings us to a place where we say we can't do it. Can't do it. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't be victorious. We can't have those good and pure thoughts. You know, you can't just sit down and say, well, I'm going to have all good thoughts today, Lord. I'm going to think about it really hard. No, we need his help. And the way to do it is to meditate on the things of God. You know, on Friday nights, we have a great group over at Mike and Ginny's and we share the scripture memory verse usually. We have a study on it. Mike gives us a wonderful devotion on the verse, and we have different people give their verse. Well, you know, Sonny has been a real encouragement to me because he has been memorizing not just the one verse, but like what did you, I think he did like seven or eight or more last week in the, in the uh, time together, and it was so encouraging. And it's amazing. The Lord has given him the kind of memory that he can visualize the word, and then he can bring it back. And it's wonderful. You know, children have a big advantage on that because their young minds are so impressionable. But you know, the Bible says we're children of God. And he wants us to be pure and innocent children of God. And the way to do that is to meditate on the Lord.
to meditate on his character, on his person and in his work, and to meditate on the word of God. The word of God is our resource. It's a tremendous resource. We don't avail ourselves enough of it. When you think of all the promises in God's word that you can claim to give you victory, it's wonderful. And that's why if we meditate on the promises of God, we'll be so encouraged. If we meditate on his word and the principles and how we should live our lives, we will be successful. And that's what he wants us to do. And that's why he says to us, as we said in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. We've all been there. We've all done that. We've all thought about the evil, wicked things of this world at one time or another. And it's dragged us down. We don't want to let it. We want to meditate on the Lord and meditate on his word. That's how we will gain the victory. So many people have such wrong concepts of that. And there's nothing wrong with our minds. You know, you talk about psychology, it's the study of the mind, but there's nothing wrong with true psychology. And the true psychology is God's word. And Christ in us, the hope of glory. And having the mind of Christ, that is the thing. That's the way to victory in our lives. And we want to be a blessing to others, so we want to think the right thoughts. And if our thoughts go off the wrong channel, we have to channel them back in with his help. And he will. He'll help us to do that. And I thank God for giving us minds like this. And if you haven't been memorizing God's word and coming to the memory class, believe me, you're missing a blessing because when you need those verses, they'll come back to your mind. It's amazing how the mind works, isn't it, though? You can remember things that you did 20 years ago, 40 years ago, and you, you can't remember what you did this morning or yesterday. Our minds are fascinating how they work. And sometimes we wish we could just squeeze it out. I need to remember that, Lord. I can't remember it. Squeeze it out, Lord. But they, things will come to us. So funny, sometimes somebody will say something to me and I can't remember what it what I need to remember, and then I'll go home and I'll be in bed, and I'll say, that's what it is, that's the answer, or that's what I should have said, or that's how the mind works. But the more you fill your mind with God's word, the better resources you'll have to be a blessing to others. Because if somebody needs counsel, needs comfort, needs encouragement, if you have a ready word, you'll be able to share it with, with them. And that's a, a great, great ability. It's good to be able to have your Bible and share with people, and show them in the Bible the Word of God, but sometimes you don't have your Bible. Somebody asks you a question. That's where you need the resources of the Word, and that's where it comes from years of meditating on God's Word, and allowing it to touch our lives, not just to read it, not just to study it, but to meditate on it, and let it become part of us, so that when we share with others, it will just come out naturally. It'll come out naturally. You know, it's a wonderful thing. There's so many things that we can think about at any given moment, some of them good, some of them bad, some of them ugly. But may the Lord help us to have that focus on the right thought. And when we do that, the Lord will richly bless us. You know, if you look over to Romans chapter 12, there's a couple of verses about the thoughts there that are really good too. Romans chapter 12, we'll read verses 1 and 2 first of all. Paul writing to the Romans says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Right there he's talking about dedicating your bodies to the Lord. 
And then in verse 2 he says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, when we come to Christ, our minds are polluted, totally polluted. And there's only one way to clean us up, and that's through God's word and God's power, and he can clean us up. You know, I've heard recently that they have certain bottled waters that basically are cleaned up tap water. And they put it through a filtration process, process of osmosis and all these kinds of things that they have fancy machines and everything, and they take that tap water that comes out of the tap and they make it into this really nice water. And what do they do? They sell it to you for $1.50 a bottle. Tap water! Our minds are like that. They don't come out clean. God has to clean us up. And when he cleans up our minds, we can be victorious. We can be useful for him. We can be a blessing for him. But it all comes down to what God can do for us. And then he says in verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has given to each a measure of faith. And then notice in verse 16 he says, Be of the same mind to one another, toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Boy, that hits you right between the eyes, doesn't it? Do not be wise in your own opinion. We all have sometimes high opinions of ourselves, but we should see ourselves as God sees us, sinners saved by grace. Nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter the kind of job you have or the type of car you drive. What matters is your life in Christ, your thoughts, your words, and your actions. That is what is important. And when our minds are filled with that which is good and right and they flow out, they can really be a blessing to others. So may the Lord encourage us today to have the right thoughts, to think on Christ, to think on his word, and to allow him to change our lives and to clean up every thought and bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. May we have the mind of Christ. I'd like to read from, if you have the hymn book and you'd like to look at it, it's number 412 in the red book. 412 in the red book. Uh, 14, I'm sorry, we sang 412, excuse me. 414. And it was like we were singing that song and Randy didn't know that I was speaking on this. And over on the other page is that song that I was thinking about. May the mind of Christ my Savior. And here the hymn writer says, May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day by his love and power controlling all I do and say. Do we want to do the right thing? Do we want to say the right thing? Do we want to be a blessing? Then let the Lord control our mind. Let's bring every thought into captivity of him. And the second verse says, May the word of God dwell richly in your heart from hour to hour, so that all may see I triumph only through your power. May the peace of God, my Father, rule my life in everything, that I may be calm to comfort sick and sorrowing. Verse 4 says, May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea, him exalting, self-abasing, this is victory. 
May I run the race before me, strong and brave, to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as I onward go. May his beauty rest upon me as I seek the lost to win, and may they forget the channel, seeing only him. May God help us. May they not see me. May they not see you, but may they see Christ. And the way for them to see Christ is for us to spend time with him. As our best friend. Jesus is our best friend. He's given us his word and he's called us his friends, his children, his saints. And as we spend time with him and meditate on him and on his word, we'll be victorious. And may the Lord not allow any anxious or lustful or bad thoughts to come in. And when they do come in, if they do and when they do, may we confess them, forsake them, ask God to cleanse our minds so that we can be victorious. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this very challenging subject on our thought life. Lord, only you know what we think, and only you know our thoughts. And Lord, our thoughts are not even close to your thoughts. Your thoughts are so high above ours, Lord, as it says in Isaiah. But we want to have your thoughts, Lord. We want to know your mind and your thoughts on the matter. And to do that and to make the right choices in life and to make the right decisions in life, we need to have the mind of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us in your word. Lord, help us to use your word, to meditate on it, and to be filled with you so that we can be a blessing. Lord, we just thank you for this time now and pray you'll dismiss us with your blessing and encourage us, Lord, to have pure and holy minds. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.